Check out the Geek Therapy Forum, which combines the features of a traditional message board with the comment section of all our content. Join the discussion at forum.geektherapy.com. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Josue Cardona with Lara Taylor. Hey. Lauren Keller. Hello. And Ali Matu. Wow. Apparently he's still Waluigi. No, no, no. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, wow, uh, for life. There, are, there are two announcements uh, that I want to start the show off wait, with wait, 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 before wait. we get to our... New blog? I don't know. Two oh. new podcasts. Whoa! Okay. New podcasts. Okay. So, so okay. This is going to take a few minutes because I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Okay? So, the first show is a, a recruit, right? Uh, Joe, Alex, and Hobbs, they, they created a podcast called Goblin Lore. It is all about Magic the Gathering, but like deep, deep knowledge and appreciation of Magic the Gathering. And one of them is a teacher, one of them is a, is a psychologist, and they look at the world of Magic the Gathering, not not just like playing the game, but the actual lore and stories behind the cards. And there is so, so much. There are novels, right? There are the, the flavor text on the cards. There's so much history and so much stuff there. And they're looking at those stories and discussing real world events and again like mental health stuff education stuff like when uh, um, I found out about the show because uh, I know Hobbs from Twitter I listened to the first episode and I listened to a few more and I was like this is this is so amazing this is and it's such a like the type of thing that our community would just would just love and uh, so I talked to the team and it's official as of today as of like two days maybe um, Goblin Lore is officially on the Geek Therapy Network and uh, they have over 10 episodes right now. I think they have 11 episodes at the moment. So I will definitely put links to that in the show notes. It is very cool. Definitely check it out. Even even if you don't know anything about Magic the Gathering, it's impressive and it's fun. That's awesome. Welcome. Welcome, uh, yeah. Goblin Lore. So that's one podcast. The other one is uh, oh, this one's super super new. Like I just got the iTunes notification that it, it's it's officially on iTunes. Like twenty minutes before <laughs> we recorded, um, it's called Hero Nation, and it's by Breck Warren and Sophia Ansari. And uh, Sophia came to me a while ago. She had some ideas. We we're like, "Yep, yeah, this uh, this sounds great." Started talking about a podcast and. It is so cool to be talking uh, so many months about a project and seeing it develop little by little and finally seeing the final product and it being like better than you could ever imagine because it's it's real and it's oh it's so good and uh, it actually happened and not just drop off the face of the earth that's really which cool. happens a lot which happens yeah. a lot yeah 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 <laughs> which is the best part and I'm so happy about it Hero Nation is a podcast celebrating diversity in among superheroes so a lot of the oh, stuff nice. that that like we talk about here but. The the special thing is that Breck is black and Sophia is Pakistani and Muslim and their first episode is about Muslim superheroes and hearing her talk about Kamala Khan yes. is is like is is so great. Um like last year uh, I think a few times Lara and I talked about Ms. Marvel and even earlier today, Lara, you yeah. were telling me that you were reading the newest Ms. Marvel. Like you're a fan, I'm a fan. Ali, mm-hmm. I know you're a fan. Hell yeah. She just like talked She's about a super so, fan. <laughs> not only that, but like there's an appreciation there, right? There are things that she mm-hmm. picked up on that we couldn't possibly have picked up on and, and discussed. It is just so good. I love the plans that they have. I love what they're talking about. I love what they're doing. And uh, yeah, that is like brand new episode one published today. So when this comes out, you know, you can you can uh, visit the website and, and subscribe to that. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. Yay. And, Oh yeah, and of course, um, all our shows. If if they're not there yet, they will eventually be um, all connected to the GT forum, so that you can go and comment on the episodes or discuss them there with not only the creators but other members of the community. Uh, which brings me to to one more point uh, before we, we get into our topic is that I'm I'm changing the mailing list a little bit to have a weekly. Um, what I'm calling a community catch-up, kind of the, the same thing that I'm doing at the beginning of every episode, telling you like what's happening in the community. But now with so many shows and so many blogs, I think I think it's worthy of a weekly um, email that just 
shows you like these are the new episodes this week these are the new posts this is this is maybe what you've missed from throughout the geek therapy network so if you're already a subscriber to our email list you can now update your preference and add that email to your to your preferences and if you haven't joined the list join the list what are you waiting for everybody join the list all right that's it for the announcements now let's get into the topic Topic time. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I was going to do something. That's why. Mm-hmm. Go for um, it. There's so much stuff coming onto the GT network. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's deserving of a new jingle. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. I've been holding back on the jingles. It's been a while. But uh, this keeps happening. And I, I think we need like a, a jingle to drop every time there's like a, a new thing that, that joins. I spent like 10 minutes talking about new things and you bring up the jingle now? Well, I was thinking about jingles in my head as you were talking and I think I've got one. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I guess. Okay. (laughs) I am stuck on geek therapy because geek therapy is stuck on me. Moving on to our (laughs) topic (laughs) of the week. Shut down. Someone will appreciate that somewhere. That one person, I love you. <clears throat> that's that's like copyright infringement right there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I totally came up with that myself. It's a lot of different things. <laughs> um, so uh, today's topic. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go today's I'm gonna, topic. I'm gonna go the long way around. All right. I listened to an episode of what has become my favorite podcast. It's called Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. And actually, the first episode of that show is called The Lady Vanishes. And it talks about basically uh, he's giving an example of an artist who was a woman and she wasn't accepted into this club. And finally, they accepted her. And then they never accepted any other women into this club or or she came very close. And then he talks about all these different examples. And he talks about what I believe he calls like an open door theory, which is that a door opens and someone who does not meet the typical um, requirements for a particular group, For, for example, Obama being the first black president. If that theory were to be applied there, that would mean that it's going to be a very, very, very long time before we have another black president because people will always look at Obama and say, but we did that. Like, we are in a country that wouldn't allow a black president because we already did that. And ever since I heard that episode, it's been in my mind a lot. And very recently, the movie Crazy Rich Asians came out. And one thing that I was reading was that it's being touted as the first all Asian American uh, movie in 25 years since the Joy Luck Club. Ali, I know you have a, a, a different example, but I keep reading this example, right? It's been 25 years. 25 years ago, the Joy Luck Club came out and people thought, like, this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is our moment, right? Like now, um, Asian Americans will have their own movie. Like we have this representation. It's going to be amazing. And it took 25 years for it to happen again. So I wanted to take today to look at different examples that we've seen in that mm. because I love to celebrate, uh, diversity. I love to talk about new races, new cultures, new ideas in places, but sometimes, it's like it's just that one, right? Sometimes it is just right. a token example, and and that's it, and that that's a problem in and of itself. So, I asked you all to bring examples of this, and I'm really curious um, what you brought because it's something it's something that is kind of uh, concerning, but I think it's worth it's definitely worth um, looking at. The, yeah, the only example I was gonna give there um, related to Joy Luck Club and now Crazy Rich Asians is uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. But that was a that came out in the mid two thousands, and that was a very indie release. It was uh, was one of Justin Lin's films, who we know from Fast and the Furious series, as well as the most recent Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond. Um, but that was like a indie labor of love, uh, not a studio film. A lot of people did that for pay cuts, um, and that was an all Asian American cast. Um, so that was like a very small release. That was not Crazy Rich Asians or Joy Luck Club. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to hear your examples, if you have any. I brought some of my own. Uh, Ali, I know you have some, so we can start with you. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this conversation because I was thinking about this a lot. And <laughs> at first I was a little stressed, Josue, because 
I um I thought we were gonna like start talking about Crazy Rich Asians and I haven't been able to see it and I feel really bad for not seeing it because I want to support my Asian Americans and I also feel like I'm getting some FOMO because a lot of my friends and uh, my patients have been talking about it all week but I'm glad we're not talking about that because I have an example that's been on my mind a lot recently and it comes from star trek and it actually happens a couple of times in star trek so um this is something that lauren and i have actually talked about in our our slack channel um is representation of women in star trek and i know lauren you went back and you started watching the original series and you're tweeting about that which was awesome everyone (laughs) should go check out lauren's tweets about it um did you have a hashtag for that lauren when you were Uh, i was using hashtag my first trek that's right. That's right. And if you do go on my first trek for yourself or if you follow Lawrence, one of the things that sticks out of uh, from the original Star Trek series is uh, the representation of women. Um, there's one major female character on the bridge, Ahura, um, played by Nichelle Nichols. And while that was amazing for its casting of not only a woman um, on the bridge and also a um, African, not even, I think her character is actually from Africa, so I should not say African-American, but African character. The problem with the representation of women in Star Trek is um, they're very sexualized. They're um, very one-dimensional characters. Oftentimes, they're, they're love interests. Oftentimes, they're dressed um, with far less clothing um, than the human characters, although oh, there's a lot of shirtless Kirk scenes throughout the original series. I mention this because it's a little-known fact outside of the Star Trek community that in the original Star Trek pilot, the first officer uh, was a character named Number One and uh, was actually played by a woman. Um, Michelle uh, later became Roddenberry, became Gene Roddenberry's wife. But the first... The first officer of the original first pilot of Star Trek was a woman. And we have to wait a very long time until we see another regular female character who's in command. We see a little bit of that in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which happened decades later. And then it wasn't until Star Trek Voyager that we see another female character and female captain in command. One more thing I'm going to say before I stop talking is... I'm going through the Star Trek rewatch right now, and I'm just about to finish um, Star Trek Enterprise, which is the fifth Star Trek series. Um, It's the one that was canceled in the mid-2000s. I notice a very similar phenomenon here where Star Trek Voyager is so well known for having having Captain Janeway, uh, uh, a woman in command, having uh, Bolana Taurus, a, a female engineer, and having Seven of Nine, who is another major female character in that, in that show. And then we get Star Trek Enterprise, which has two female characters, one that really isn't developed much at all, Hoshi Sato, and then the other, T'Pol, a Vulcan, who's largely seen, who's largely presented as um, uh, a sex interest to a bunch of members of the crew, a bunch of alien races that come aboard. She's very heavily objectified. Um, That was in the early 2000s, and now it isn't until Star Trek Discovery, which just came out last year, that we again see powerful, strong, independent female characters in command. So Star Trek really sticks out to me as a show that was pioneering and then sort of fell back for a long time and then was pioneering again and then its next series completely like fell on its face when it comes to uh, gender and representation of women so no that's a good example because um i didn't know that about the original series pilot that's really interesting Mm -hmm. and then but i feel like it it did go backwards and then it kind of leaped forward at deep space nine went all the way right giving command to in, in voyager then went back, and then the pendulum swung back now with Discovery. Yep. Which is, which is, yeah, so I don't know. It feels like more forward momentum uh, than not. But yeah, but like it goes back. I wonder what kind of discussions would were happening 
in boardrooms and stuff about about this particular topic. Yeah, I think the one the one discussion I really wish I could have been there for was that transition from Star Trek Voyager to Star Trek Enterprise. And I, I think this speaks to what you were talking about here, Josue, with uh, Obama as an example. Like, didn't we just do that? We just had a black president. Like, it's, it's been done. And going from Star Trek Voyager to Enterprise, you get a little bit of, um, of whiplash because you have such well-developed, complex female characters on Star Trek Voyager who have a lot of independent relationships and arguably the most boring, uninteresting characters are the men on that show. And then you go to Star Trek Enterprise, which is like bereft of um, of well-developed uh, female characters. And I think some of those discussions were, let's we need to make a show that's very different. Voyager's in the future... Enterprise is going to be a prequel show. Voyager had a female captain. We're going to make a very male test pilot kind of uh, jockey kind of captain. And our chief engineer, he's also going to be male. And he's going to be this white guy from Florida. He's kind of like a NASCAR um, engineer. Uh, and it's I think those discussions were we need to make something that's very different from Voyager. And unfortunately, that meant a show that doesn't have a lot of representation of um, well-developed female characters. I wonder if that fed into the the demise of Enterprise after only what a couple seasons, four seasons, what? but yeah. four, yeah. but like only really one, maybe two good seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was part of it because you, um, a lot of people watched that show and were saying this doesn't feel like Star Trek and. One reason I think was you go from this very progressive future to a less progressive one, and then all the other details that people weren't seeing. It, it does feel not like what what we like about Star Trek, which is pushing forward. That's a good example to to start with. I think I think we'll we'll keep going back to it because it's like it's so interesting because of the back and forth. Well, and I forgot to mention this, but then you also have the J.J. Abrams films that came out between Star Trek Enterprise and Star Trek Discovery, and it isn't until the third in that series, the third in the quote Kelvin timeline, that we see a female character that's really in command. Um, from Star Trek 2009 to Star Trek Enterprise, most of the people, most of the characters who have lines and are in command are all men. It isn't until Star Trek Beyond that we see a female character who's in command, and that's an admiral who's giving Captain Kirk orders. But that's that's three films, and those are films made in 2009, um, I think 2013, and then 2016. That's uh, That's not right either. Well, that's what we're talking about, right? The the how how often does this happen, right? Let's see let's see some other examples. Laura, did you bring one? Yeah, I've got one. Um, so my example is Disney. Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's about to get real. <laughs> okay, I I defend my Disney guys, but um, here's here's the example. So princesses we we have all these princesses mostly white we do get like princess jasmine whatever but back in 2009 princess and the frog came out and everybody's like yes finally a black princess she's gorgeous and she she like when i go to disneyland all the little girls flock to her when she's dancing through new orleans square and and it's wonderful not so much with African-American representation in Disney movies after that. They've gotten a little better with diversity in the last few years. We've got Moana, there's Lilo and Stitch was a long time ago too. But I think about even Pixar movies. There's there's nothing. Andy and Toy Stories, he's white. Um, you've got The Family and Inside Out, they're white. Mm-hmm. The old guy and in, in, in Russell and Up, they're white. <laughs> like, where is... Well, I don't know, yeah. maybe... I don't know, Russell could be something else but i don't know i really don't know disney is they they have one thing and that's their thing like moana (laughs) is now the polynesian Mm. like princess and well now she's i guess she is a princess she's a chieftain's daughter but but this is this is such a good example it's like yeah oh we have a native american princess in pocahontas boom and then we you know 
no nothing. What have we had any other Native American story since, right? In a Disney <laughs> right. movie, right? Same thing with Tiana. Same thing with um with Jasmine. With yeah, Jasmine. The same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lilo yeah. and Stitch. You can say okay, a few then Moana, few years later, you yeah. had Moana, but I like think that's like the only one though. Yeah. Yeah, and on the flip side, you also have Disney um, consistently for for a long period of time having its villains be more dark skinned, even in Lion King, which makes Mm -hmm. no sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Voiced by a white guy, Scar's Scar is a little darker than than all the other lions. He's like a red orange. I'm like, he doesn't even look like a lion, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. These are good points. But this is where tokenism gets really twisted because, Laura, just while you were talking, I was like, well, what about Coco? But, you know, like how many Mexican stories are there in Disney or Pixar? Well, Disney has that. There's uh, Elena of Avalon, Avalor, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh And and Sophia the First. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what either of those are. I don't know what those are. They're on the Disney Disney Channel. They're on TV. And... I, Lauren, you should know uh, Sophia the First. The mom is voiced by um, Sarah Ramirez, the Callie Torres from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. This is one of those very strange things where it's like if you there's a TV series of Elena, so there's more there's more footage, right? Right. Of Elena of Avalor than there is of Pocahontas, Mulan, Moana combined. Right, because and there's multiple seasons of them. And, and for my, the my most knee. part, people don't know who she is. They're not as popular. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the people that do know her are all about her. And there is a ton of stuff at Disneyland f- to buy of all their stuff. Hmm. But it's not. It's a little TV section. <laughs> like I'll tell you about my niece's uh, birthday. That was all about Elena, and she showed up and saying, "I'll tell you about it later." <laughs> Okay. okay. I think, I think there excited. is there is a pretty big distinction between film and TV shows though. Just just because of I feel like film at this point still has a larger social impact than TV mm-hmm. shows even if yeah. TV shows end up getting more viewers over time. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and that's that's kind of yeah, like uh, Sophia, I think is it so, no, Elena is giving a movie soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like a like and, and like full Hispanic cast like the cast is amazing but that movie's not going to theaters that's just a it's just a TV movie mm-hmm. mm. I you would know? say that <laughs> like Netflix shows Hulu yeah, shows things are those changing. kinds of things, things are, changing, are yeah. more yeah. impactful um, I think we see more changes in TV shows because of their episodic nature right yeah. it's like you get mm-hmm. more direct feedback from your viewers about what what they want to see and you can shift your your vision in to include that stuff but with a film it's like it's out man i can't fix it now <laughs> <laughs> well and the Good way they to- and the way they d- make television like when you have a eight episode season i could watch that as an eight hour movie if i wanted um and immediately give them feedback that first day um as opposed to a tv show on network television that is released episode by episode over yeah. a year. Lauren, what did you bring? Um, so I, I was thinking about this for a long time, and I was having a hard time coming up with examples um, because I was trying to focus on video games. <laughs> um, and and uh, Play zone. The, the, big, the big example for me would be um, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, hmm. um, being like the first big female protagonist she's a badass she's sexualized yes but in in a more empowering way that's probably pretty personal yeah i don't know i I like big boobs it's fine um (laughs) (laughs) um, but like i remember but lauren do you like them as like two pointy pixels as um, in the original, I, this was PlayStation. I, this was PlayStation One. So yeah. they, yes. were, they were nineteen ninety six. They were yeah. they were yeah. just yeah. big old. They were actually an accident. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody mistyped on on. Uh, they <laughs> the added coding. some spare zeros to their their number of po- polygon size, and then someone was like, "Yeah, I like this. Keep it." <laughs> Which is like, oi, on its own. But um. And then they made the same mistake on the length of the shorts, but they went backwards. 
Yeah, they're just like, Probably, what if yeah. these were shorter? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but f- for, you know, up until fairly recently, there were not a lot of examples of big video games with female protagonists. Like, you mm. could find point-and-click adventure games or puzzle games or smaller indie titles that are more narratively focused with female protagonists. But, like, you know, those big action games and first-person shooters and stuff. I mean, especially in a first-person shooter, it's like, you don't even see the character most of the time. Why can't it be a woman? Uh, But I I just remember being, I guess, probably in high school and um, complaining about, like, I wish that there were more more games with, you know, where I could be a badass lady punching all the Nazis or whatever, Uh, like all of the male characters. And someone was like, well, just play Tomb Raider. And it's like, hey, I mean, there are lots of Tomb Raider titles, but also, like, maybe we need something recent not from mm. 1996 uh <laughs> or or you know somebody different it doesn't just have to be you know Lara Croft is great but like why why can't I be a, a powerful Chinese woman taking down you know baddies like I just I don't understand it it, it was just very frustrating as a kid um and then the other the other example I thought of is is um disabled representation in video games and honestly I can't really think of any that aren't super recent so it's sort of looking to the future in hopes that it will expand instead of be tokenized um fingers crossed do you have any examples any old examples I, I don't have any old okay, examples. Okay. I, I know um, the the raccoon from Overcooked and Overcooked <laughs> 2. And I, I know that in the new... At least he made it to the sequel. Yeah, know? he's so like... people people would have rioted yeah, if he didn't yeah. make it. So he, he was a fan favorite. <laughs> you would have sure. started the riot. I mean, yes, I would have I would have thrown the first Molotov. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember in the, the new Wolfenstein game, there is a section where you're playing as Blaskovich in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like it is treated as like you can't do all of the things you normally do, which is sort of a negative take. Uh though you do still kill a bunch of Nazis at the you same still kill time. A so lot it's it's people. pretty that yeah. part's pretty dope. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I d I don't know. I just it's like I, I think of like Mass Effect, uh Joker has what, like brittle <laughs> bird bone disease. And and that was like a big part of his character, but they didn't make it like this is something wrong with Joker. It's like no, Joker is a valuable part of your team. He just happens to have this disability, and it's like I want more representation like that. Where, especially in like sci-fi future stuff, is like mm. I don't know. To me, the idea of like oh, uh, I lost my arm in the war, and now I have a robot arm that looks just like a human arm and it's like that's so lazy it's like make something awesome make you know the wheelchair doesn't have to just be like oh i can't do stairs anymore it's like make make a badass like lower leg mech suit it's like (laughs) there's there's so there's so much and it feels like a lack of imagination a lot of times and it's like that 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 is the stuff i'm looking forward to in the future i just got another example um lauren you were you're talking about Tomb Raider and for some reason Tomb Raider made me think of Wonder Woman and <laughs> like the amazingly popular uh, Linda Carter um, 1970s show and how long did it take us for for us to get another Wonder Woman or um, a female superhero film like we've had so many versions of Batman and Superman and it wasn't until Batman v Superman that we got Wonder Woman again. Um, yeah, but like when Wonder Woman came out, you had the Bionic Woman, you had Charlie's Angels, right? You had like yeah. you had like that was that was like it a good wasn't time. a one yeah go, one woman going through Wonder Woman walking through that door and slamming it behind her. There yeah. were a lot of women that went through that door. You had an option of multiple white women to choose from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like when you mentioned, uh, for example, someone in a wheelchair, right? Uh, reminds me of Barbara Gordon, who yeah. is Batgirl mm-hmm. in the comics. And after she, um, th- there was an accident. She she was shot. She ends up in a in a wheelchair, and then she becomes this other character, uh, the Oracle. Oracle. And she helps. She's she's super smart, and she helps everybody. Like she's super important for 
I want to say a couple decades in the comics. And then when, when New 52 happened and she wasn't in a wheelchair anymore, it wasn't like, like I just said, well, you had Wonder Woman and, you know, like, uh, you know, Charlie's Angels and the Bionic Woman and you had all these other things. No, it's like there were no other characters like Barbara Gordon. So mm-hmm. when she wasn't in a wheelchair anymore, there were no superheroes in wheelchairs with some sort of, uh, with some sort of handicap that people were like, oh, look, I can identify with that or that's what I, but oh, I feel that way, right? So that that that's a really big one. That hasn't happened again. I don't know. And I've heard people make the argument that like, oh, well, you know, like, well, Barbara Gordon was in a wheelchair for a while, so we don't need another one of those, you know? Yeah. And it, it's hard, like, I don't know, I'm sure that there there are reasons, even just temporarily. I know Batman was in a wheelchair for a while, but that was that didn't stick. Most of the time, it doesn't stick. It didn't stick this time. Uh, the one one that I that I was thinking of is related to Kamala Khan again, which is okay. So we have a Muslim character, and she's Pakistani. Like, there's all these things. Like, okay, great. Like, will we have another one? And then shortly after, we got Simon Boz in DC. He was a Green Lantern, and that didn't stick. He was the Green Lantern, like the main Green Lantern on the series for like a year, maybe. Lara, hmm. maybe. I don't. I don't read Green Lantern, so. Maybe? But he was right. It was like it was very short time, and then, and then they sent him off, and then he was part of the core, and then now he's on a show on a on a book with Jessica Cruz, but he's not the headliner. Okay, so you had a, a Muslim superhero headlining a book, but you like you can't have two, right? Is mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at? Like for a while, I was like, oh, like maybe 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 this is actually happening, and it, it was true for like a year. It would be interesting if they uh, added. A book. I, Marvel's not gonna do it because he's such a minor character. But uh, I guess he's pretty minor. In Miss Marvel, currently there is uh, Red Dagger, who is I think he's Pakistani. Like he's actually Pakistani, not uh, Pakistani American. So um, Th- that gets yeah. that gets to exactly what I was gonna say, um, and this ties into what you're saying as well, Josue. Um, a lot of times, what I've seen happen is a confusion of uh, Asian American versus Asian experience and uh, this representation uh, or people claiming uh, Hollywood producers, studios claiming that because there's an Asian actor, an actor from Asia, that 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 is Asian American representation as well, that they're like in some way the same thing when anyone um, who is not uh, not a white American can tell you um, they're very different experiences. Like I um, part of my experience being um, uh, growing up in America is um, always feeling a little bit different. And then the times when I've gone to Pakistan and I've visited family, how do I feel there? Pretty different because you stick out as American. Your accent sticks out. You don't dress and walk like everyone else, even if you're trying to dress and walk like everyone else. So the Pakistani experience is very different from the Pakistani American experience. And that's what's been great about Kamala Khan. But um I think oftentimes these things get confused and representation of one is used as an excuse for representation of the other when they're very different experiences. I I feel like you're being generous by say, (laughs) I feel like a lot of times it's like, well, we already covered one and we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to. So we're going to count that. We're going to double dip on that. I think it could be that. And I think there's a lot of people who genuinely don't know that there's a difference. That they'll say like, well, what's the difference between having a Japanese actor and a Japanese character versus a Japanese American? It's like the same thing. I'm sure there are people uh, who who think that way. I think in general, we're moving a little farther than that. I think in Crazy Rich Asians, I think a lot of the families from Singapore, Malaysia. I don't know. I was reading something about how the families were from one place, but different actors from different countries were playing. Um, actors from from one uh, people from one particular country, and yeah, a lot of times like people. I mean, there's so many nuances too. I mean, what you're talking about is the same reason why I've never, not once, identified with a Hispanic character in anything that I have ever seen. Right. So I'm like, that's right. not that's not. I'm Hispanic, but I'm not not like that. 
I'm not, I'm not that type of Hispanic. <laughs> right, right. Not even Puerto Rican. Like you could go like you could narrow it down, and I'm like, ugh, like no, that's not that's not my experience at all. <laughs> I can't. I don't identify at all with that character. I think I think that's why like uh, race and culture is is difficult. Um, if you're gonna go deep, deep into the to the identification of it. Um, the last example I, I have is the TV show Monk. Now, maybe you guys can help me out, but I, I can't think of another show that had a protagonist with, like, he had OCD in, in that show, I believe, and that had some sort of, something that would be considered a mental disorder, and but was still a hero, right? Like, the, the fact that it was a comedy, but he was still an amazing detective. Like, the mm. reason he kept getting jobs because he was really, really good at what he did. I can't think of any other show with someone who had wore their mental health diagnosis on their sleeve that wasn't depression, alcoholism, you know, something like that. That was something different that would show up again as a as a hero. Hmm. Yeah, when when you brought that up, the only thing I thought of was Dexter, and that is not not mm. where <laughs> going, not where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> that one's complicated. Technically, he's a hero, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a yeah. hero, but he is the protagonist. He is the protagonist, he, and he does he does he does kill bad get, guys. He kills bad guys. Yeah, so <laughs> that um, that reminds me of a story. Many years ago, when I went to Comic Con, there was a pretty cool big name comic book person who was uh, having a pitch panel where you could go and pitch him a comic. And if he liked it, um, he would make it with, he would have someone on his team, like make that comic book with you. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to this. And you, you would get 15 seconds to pitch your, your comic. So I went and I was pitching this comic related to, um, uh, to trauma and to losing a brother to suicide because I lost a brother to suicide and I had a story to tell. And so I pitched it and I, I, I had developed that pitch with a lot of different people and sort of refined it. And I pitched it and he's like, I like that story, but you know what? There's a lot of these kind of trauma stories right now, so I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if your trauma is fresh enough for me. Right, right, right. And I'm, I'm saying this not to I think um, that person is an awesome creator and I thought it was an awesome experience and afterwards someone from his team came by and gave me a little bit more feedback and told me what to do with it and one day that will be made into a uh, graphic memoir but um, I'm sharing this to kind of um, share the experience of how like both business decisions as well as perceived business decisions as well as perceived versus actual market stuff plays out I, I think the reason why there's a lot of those stories is because those stories are finding an audience and they're really important and mental health is being woven into comic books more but there's also this uh, I think other point to it which is how do we do more unique stuff and how do we separate ourselves out because this thing is being done in much the way Josue you're talking about well like oh that thing already exists so you know and they don't want to be seen as copycats. Like, right. oh, you're just copying that. You're just copying that. Totally. So. Totally. But it's okay to copy. Like, Matrix comes out, and it defines a genre of cyberpunk movies for many years to come. So, like, it's okay for us to copy that, or Battlestar Galactica was a total ripoff of, of Star Wars and uh, all of that kind of stuff, but these things, Lara, you're totally right. Like, no one wants to be like, oh, well, we just had an Asian movie. We don't want to do another one. It's racism. <laughs> <laughs> and tokenism. And I think there's something here about how memory works and how uh, how we can so quickly think of this, like, one example, but it's, like, the only example. So it, we can kind of, like, dismiss it. I think there's something there, too, to be said about all this. Yeah, and every week we celebrate things kind of in the moment as they're happening. And we can't possibly project, you know, that that one thing that we said that, you know, I don't know, Batwoman is going to be the last ever lesbian Jewish superhero we'll ever see. We don't know that because we don't know the future. But uh, it's something to, to think about and to keep in mind. All right, so 
We'll be right back with our Media matter segment. Hey, we've launched a new website called the Geek Therapy Forum. Almost every piece of content on the Geek Therapy Network is now linked to a topic on the forum, replacing the comments on separate websites. It also includes all the features of a traditional message board, so we have topics ranging from pop culture and video games to psychology and mental health. Patreon members also get access to an exclusive area to discuss Patreon-exclusive content, all in one place. You'll find a link to this episode's topic on the GT Forum in the show notes, or you can go to forum.geektherapy.com to sign up and join the discussion. Again, visit the new GT Forum at forum.geektherapy.com. All right, so let's do our Media Matters segment. Um, Media Matters. We'll each, we'll each bring examples, uh, you know, something we've seen recently that we think is definitely worth pointing out. Uh, it has a good or bad example of uh, uh, something in, in the sort of media we, we consume. And so let's just go around. Um, Lauren, I know last week I didn't let you bring up the ones you had. So why don't you kick it off? Um, so this is this is a uh, a double media matters Um, what does that mean (laughs) okay it's a double media matters it's a media matters because i came across this story on twitter and i would have never encountered it otherwise so that is a the platform of twitter is useful for um, expanding my ability to hear personal stories like the following um this trans woman posted that uh, when she was a little girl she had an imaginary friend which is pretty normal um but this this imaginary friend was was uh, a little girl um who was perfect in every way and smart and and daring and would uh change to fit you know whatever play scene was necessary at the time or or to um she would change to fit whatever emotional needs um this this woman was posting about and uh she even as she like outgrew the uh, typical imaginary friend age this this imaginary friend was always with her through high school and college and into adulthood. And one day she was watching Angel and um, the character Lila Morgan came on and she thought that that was such a perfect name that that name became entrenched with this imaginary friend who had always been sort of amorphous before. And uh, so so this this is the quote from the tweet tweet stories. Several years later, after I realized I was trans, I told my therapist all about Lila and her presence in my life. And her therapist replied with, you know who Lila is, don't you? And and she's like, oh, I'm Lila. Oh my god, I'm Lila. And so it was like this really touching story of a fictional character uh, not only like becoming a part of your identity, but helping you accept your own identity and, and the empowerment of choosing your own name. And uh, the, the story ended with she doesn't think about Lila anymore because she has like become one with who, who she is as, as a trans woman. It, it was just such a good story and I teared up and it was really beautiful. And I like Angel, so it was a nice touch there too. But that was that was my media matters. <laughs> I love it. Like that—that's what I'm always talking about. That like we have no idea what people will learn about the world or even themselves when they're watching something that they're super invested in. Yeah. Oh, so good, Lara. Me. Mm -hmm. Um. So I've been reading a lot of comics this week. We talked about Miss Marvel earlier, but I just wanted to bring up that uh, the issues that I've been reading lately. There are some Jewish characters that are pretty prominent in the storyline, and my wife is Jewish, and when I was showing her, she was like, oh, that's really cool. They said the word uh, Sephardic in there, and they said this, and she she thought it was cool. Um, cool. So just seeing, like, she she doesn't identify with the characters in that they're, they're very, I think they're, they're, they're like, orthodox jews and um they they're they kosher and all that but she's and my wife does not but definitely like she's like oh part of my tribe in the book and that was really cool yeah it's like i said earlier that i don't identify with any any representation of hispanics that i see in media but like i think it's pretty cool that miles morales is spider-man and he happens to be puerto rican i think that's kind of cool Mm -hmm. ali do you have any examples 
I don't have anything specific. I did finish or, or I caught up on The Good Place. So anyone who's been listening to plas- the uh, past few episodes knows I've uh, really fallen in love with that show. And one of the things that I uh, really love about it is its uh, representation of people of color. Um, specifically, it's amazing to see. It, 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 it's unreal to me. Um, like I, I almost always do a double take when there are two South Asian people, in this case, um, two leading South Asian women characters, like on the screen at the same time. Like I get, um, I, I, I get like a whiplash when I see it. I know I mentioned whiplash earlier, but I also get it here because it's not something I ever believed would be possible so um that's really cool to me um that there are um so many people of color on that show and specifically one show that has two south asian women it's it's i i don't believe like i i, I think i'm like <laughs> you still don't believe i think it. i'm you in a good place or something like this is not this is not a show that should be airing on a major network like it's it's unreal i don't believe it <laughs> love the good place so good. All right. So I have two examples that I've read about recently. One is uh, also related to religion, Lara. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is that Batman has declared that he's an atheist. And I thought that that was really great because I couldn't tell you the religion of any other superhero. I'm assuming Captain America is very Christian. But other than that, <laughs> I don't... I can't think of, uh, you know, anybody else that I'm, really I'm, declaring, I'm, you know? I'm a, I'm a little sad because he is uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman's cousin, and his mother is Jewish, which means he's Jewish, and now he's atheist. That's a little yeah. sad. Yeah. And Yay for atheists. I mean, the good news <laughs> is is uh, what's really cool about Judaism is you can you can be Jewish and also not believe in God. But I've never, I've never had it. Like I've never seen it said that he is Jewish. I they've always I mean, said that yeah. Batwoman is Jewish, but and that they're cousins. But I, I saw that his that his mother. Yeah, I figured it out. There, there's a connection with the parents and who was related to who and and all of that. And I was like, proof. Proof that he, that he is supposed to be Jewish. Well, some people who don't even know Jewish people can know these characters and and you know have a conversation like this or even think about yeah. something like that. I think I think that's really cool and you know represent all the religions. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think I think I think that's great. Um, and I don't know if it was like a, I th- I think it was kind of like one of those throwaway lines, right? It's like it's just you know one very specific panel. It just he mentioned something. And it's like oh he's an atheist, and then. The book ended, and they'll probably never bring it up again. I don't know, but maybe maybe they will. It's just funny because this this week I had the conversation with my with my wife and showed her the panel that I was like, "This shows that his mom was Jewish," (laughs) and it's the week that you find out that he's atheist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, And uh, the other example is also from comics. This one I think is is um, really really interesting. Luke Cage is getting a medical diagnosis of chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I said it right, right? You did yes. say it right. I did. Yeah. I did. Or CTE, which is say that that's better. You've probably <laughs> heard about um, football players getting repeated concussions and getting a traumatic brain injury disorder, right? Which causes them, which causes all sorts of cognitive problems, and. The, the idea is, right, that like Luke Cage is getting this diagnosis. He's being told, like, yeah, your skin is impenetrable. You have this armor on, but that doesn't protect your brain. Your brain is rattling around inside your head when you're getting when you're getting beat up. Oh, so, so to have that conversation, I know, to have that conversation, which is so true, you know, like so likely, you know, if this person were a real person, this is likely something that they would deal with, especially if they're in that line of work. I mean, ironically, many different heroes would have the same problem, right? right? But in his case, like his helmet is harder than anyone else's helmet, you know, so he's probably going in harder. And I don't know. I think I think it's it's amazing to bring that up. And I, I have no idea what they're gonna do with that. But just the fact that now he has this diagnosis, how is he gonna deal with it? Is he gonna have some of the symptoms that come from that? And we don't we don't have a cure for that. So how are they gonna handle that? How, how is Luke Cage going to change in the comic book because of that you know how is that going to be um, part of the story 
I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in uh, following that. That's a big old giant meat of matters. I love that. I, I love that because that's going to start a lot of conversations. And that's mm-hmm. that's doing something that um, this is something Lauren's talked about. Well, everyone's talked about this on the podcast, but um, how we can use media to understand things that are happening in our culture and have discussions that uh, would be very difficult to have. Like CTEs are a comp. Um, uh, contro- no, I don't want to say controversial, but they're um, a divisive uh, discussion to have because it brings into question a lot of things about football and the NFL. But if you're talking about it in this context, it's a little bit easier to do that. So I, I, lo- I love that. So I thank you for sharing that yeah. one. I'm going to look into that some more. Remember, everybody, media matters. Media <laughs> matters. All right, so now let's uh, wrap up with our Geek Therapy segment where every week we bring up something that during the past week was therapeutic in the most general sense, meaning that it either helped us get through a tough time or just made us feel real good. Lara, do you have anything this week? I've got a couple things. One, you and I have been playing Destiny for the last, like, week. Oh, yeah. It's been really awesome to to play Destiny and hang out again. We're back. Forsaken is coming out. We're going to join the GT clan. Exactly. Please, please. We need help with the Nightfall. Yes, we do. Hopefully, we're done by the time this comes out. We need help with everything, to be honest. (laughs) We need help with everything. Um, But my real geek therapy this week is um, my wife and I went to go see Christopher Robin, um, and it was a really cute movie. I went in with some, like, I don't know how I feel about CGI, Winnie the Pooh, like, realistic-looking stuffed animals that talk. Um, But I really enjoyed the movie. Um, Ewan McGregor did a really good job of being very serious and and very (laughs) grown-up. It was, like, the hook of of Winnie the Pooh. Um, Like, it... Very much so, like that never, like never grow up kind of thing. Oops, you yeah. grew up, um, and yeah. now you have to find your childhood again. But it definitely, I mean, I do enjoy myself and play video games and read comics and stuff. But it was a good reminder to stop and like enjoy the things that I enjoyed as a child and find wonder in in the things that I'm reading and playing and and watching yeah, um yeah 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 so uh, we had a conversation a while a long time ago Josue, about nostalgia and sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want to go back because it yeah. ruins it but i think sometimes you have to go back um, yeah yeah it's like uh, last week i mentioned that mine was a pokemon trading card game like mm-hmm. i forgot that i had those cards i forgot that i used to play almost 20 years ago you know, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. like that. There, there's oh, a yeah, line. I did do that. That's true. There, there's a line in the movie about something like, I'll never forget you, Winnie the Pooh, or something like that. Mm. And like, he definitely forgets him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. You're, you're right. That's what happened in Hook. That was, oh, it's always like yep. heartbreaking in Hook. Yeah. Don't you remember, Peter? Oh. Um, Ali, what you got? Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned Nostalgia, Lara, because mine uh, this week involves nostalgia. So uh, one of my good buddies from going way back to like elementary school um, is a guy named Lowen, and he lives out in San Francisco, and he reformatted his laptop a few years ago and um, never copied over his music until this weekend. So he started copying over his music, and as he was doing it, he started listening to a lot of uh, music that I gave him in high school, and our other friend Jamie had given him. Um, There's like this year where we were just like trading all of our MP3s. This is like the Napster era when we were just kind of trading stuff. And so it started this uh, texting thread where he was um, sharing some of the music he was listening to, and we started listening to it together, and it was bringing back a lot of memories, and we were sharing stories, and just kind of it reconnected a lot of us and reminded us of the times when we first became friends and led to conversations about where we are right now. So the media in question um, is a lot of this music from then, uh, a lot 
lot of Linkin Park and John Mayer and a lot of boy bands, a lot of BB Mac, um, a lot of stuff from the 90s that like most many people listening to podcasts might have, I have any idea who those people are. Um, a lot of Rage Against the Machine. So uh, that that's my media matter. Or no, Geek Therapy for this moment was uh, reconnecting with my fan, friends via 90s music. <laughs> Lauren, what you got? My geek therapy this week has been watching the Dota 2 International, um, the the big yearly competition. Uh, that's been pretty exciting to watch. Some crazy games that you think you think it's all over, and then somebody turns it around. It's, it's wild. Last second goals. It's very exciting. Um, and then I've also been watching more Hunter x Hunter, and that's a really fun anime. I'm really enjoying it, those good boys. And then I watched uh, Hereditary last night, and that was, <laughs> that was such, such a good horror movie, you guys. I was sweaty the whole time. <laughs> we hit a point where it's like, I don't. I don't even want to. I don't even want to spoil anything. That's how good I. I want people to go in as blind as I was because basically all I knew was. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. Anyways, all I knew is that she was in it, and uh, I went in and I thought it was gonna go like, like one direction genre of horror, and then I thought it was going in the other direction of genre. <laughs> and I was just like on my toes the whole time. Uh, like I had to. I had to stop and and like take a breath. I was like, I'm I'm too I'm too stressed right now. I'm too like my whole body is is just filled with horror, and I need to catch some air. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Highly recommend. <laughs> nope, not watching it. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, nope. nope, not gonna happen. It's okay. I'll just be the horror person on the podcast. It's fine. Ali, I don't know if we're going to do like a 90s music episode anytime soon. Oh, man. But I I did promise uh, Lauren that we would do a horror episode soon. So, I mean, start thinking what movie you want me to see in preparation for that movie. Lauren, we... For that episode. I'll watch a couple. I'll watch something. Wait, wait, wait. You just said he'll watch a couple. You'll you'll watch horror movies if I recommend them? I think mm-hmm. you have to watch yep. three. Just not that one. I'll do anything for a podcast. You have to watch three, <laughs> one from each of us. Can can you record your reaction video? Yes. <laughs> and make it a Patreon exclusive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I, I, if, if I was no. going to assign you all horror movies, I would need to like really sit down and think about it because I'd want to I'd wanna, like tailor pick horror movies to recommend for you yeah 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 because i i I want you i want you to like i know you don't really like horror movies so i don't want to give you something that you're really not going to enjoy but i think i can find something that is a horror movie Mm -hmm. that you'll still think is like interesting Hmm. i've tried to get nina to watch horror movies with me and like even like ones that are funny ish nope she won't do it so not like a zombie land that that doesn't do it for you. She might That's watch that, but she won't. Like I tried to take her to. I'm trying to get her to watch Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> That's great. That one. What about um, Josue? Have you seen Twenty Eight Days Later? No. That one scares pretty, the shit out of me. It's so pretty good. solid. I, I, I turned it off after like 20 minutes because it was just too creepy. It's so like good. just what, the quiet. What, one, one day we'll do a horror episode and we'll talk about why we love or do not uh, have an appreciation for <laughs> Yes. I can talk about that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then Hosweda will never just, sleep again because he'll just have nightmares. <laughs> It is possible. It is possible. <laughs> Please record your reaction. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. That should be the Patreon exclusive. You're like the sleep study that you have after you're watching <laughs> horror movies because you can't fall asleep. I'll do anything for a podcast. We'll negotiate um, the terms of our <laughs> horror episode later. You better Just, put some parameters on that because yeah. there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. stuff that I bet we could come up with some crazy stuff for you to watch. Come on, control your excitement. Someday we'll do this. You have time to pick movies, Lauren. You're good. I will. Uh, So my geek therapy for the week is, um, and I want to, I want to be very clear that I am not a medical doctor, so I don't know the science behind uh, what I'm saying. But I, I suffer from a lot of allergies, and I noticed 
recently that like every time I was going to go out for a Pokemon Go walk to, um, you know, get some Pokestops, catch some Pokemon, I would take some Kleenex with me because I, like, I have allergies. And then I go out and then I realized I wasn't using them. It's been like a week where I'm like, wait a minute, I have allergies. And then I go out for a walk and then I don't have allergies for the rest of the day. Is that a thing? Can you like exercise your allergies away? <laughs> so it's way more complicated than that. But maybe I read a lot of stuff that recommends that um, for certain reasons. And uh, so that was amazing that uh, Pokemon Go doesn't cure my allergies, but it, it, it alleviates them uh, every day. Technically, it's the walking. It's not the actual Pokemon, <laughs> but the Pokemon gets me out to walk. So it's pretty exciting. Sounds like a, a cool revelation. So yay, video games. All right. Yay. Yay. All right. So that's it for this episode of GT Radio. Thank you, everybody, for bringing your examples. As always, you can find more at Geek Therapy at geektherapy.com. As I said, the network is growing. There's so much good stuff. Uh, so sign up for that uh, mailing list or just check out the website for more information on those. You can definitely learn more about them on social media, at Geek Therapy on Twitter. And we're all on Twitter, too. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Lara is at Geek Therapist. And Ali is at Alima, too. Not at the real Waluigi. That was a lie last week. Check out the GT Forum for uh, where you can discuss whatever you want, really. But also uh, all the episodes uh, and all the blog posts across the Geek Therapy Network. That's at forum.geektherapy.com. And definitely check out the Discord, which is also a lot of fun, at geektherapy.com slash Discord. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Geek out and do good. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.